wanna, I want to give much more of a positive answer. Uh, I think the first time. Yeah, that one's dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're like I played for 13 people. Fuck them. But <laughs> Welcome to the 35th episode of the Cast at Ends Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is a show where I interview bands and public figures from the MathCore MathCore adjacent community. If you beautiful people in chat have any questions or comments, feel free to drop them in. I'll try to read them aloud. If, you're, uh, if you'd like to subscribe, you can get access to these exclusive emotes, as well as access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and the streaming services. Uh, you can subscribe for five bucks or connect your uh, Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account and get that for free. It's like taking money from Jeff Bezos and putting it in my pocket. Uh, with that, oh, if you're watching this on YouTube, listening to this in your car, and have no idea what I'm talking about, show is first shown live on Twitch. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at twitch.tv slash the Casa Creation for the live cast. With all that out of the way, let me introduce our guest tonight. He'll be dropping what might be the most bone-crushing album of the year, Songs for the Enamel Queen, on Silent Pendulum Records on the 26th. Welcome in uh, Black Sheep Wall. How's it going, guys? Hey, hey. Great, thanks for having us. Doing great, thanks for having us. Hell yeah. Uh, Tell us who you are, what you do in the band. I guess we'll start off with Andrew. I'm Andrew, I play guitar. I'm Jackson, I play drums. Scott, I play guitar. Uh, Brandon, vocalist. Juan, play bass. Alrighty. Uh, So you guys started in uh, 2011, right? Mm. No, no, like 2016. Or sorry, really? No, 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 off and on, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Black Sheep Wall is a cheat code in StarCraft. Is that where this name comes from? or? Yep. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 Dude, awesome. Holy crap. That's amazing. <laughs> I totally thought that that was not going to be the right answer, but hey, look at me big brain over here. <laughs> no, it, it actually kind of derived from a conversation I had with um, the guitar player for Adam Langry at the time. Uh, he wanted to use the name because he and I played that a lot as a, a song title, and I just thought it was too good to to be just a song title. And I asked him if it would be okay for me and Scott's project to uh, use it as the band name, and it, it stuck. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you guys get asked that a lot, like where the band name comes from, and is it connected to StarCraft? Hmm. We used to, yeah, back in the day. I think people were stoked that, like, if they found like a kindred spirit and like, you know, gamers and whatnot, they were happy to know that we played Starcraft and could talk about it. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Now, yeah. Do you guys still play? I do not have a PC that can run it now. I've literally never played in my life. Dude, I was really into StarCraft 2, the Brood War expansion, and then they come out with this other one, with the next one. I forget what it's called, but it was so complicated, and yet it moved so quickly. Like, I'm good, I'm good. The second one was dope as hell, though. I played that all the time as a kid, man. Brood War, Wings of Liberty is rough. That's it, Wings of Liberty. I... I can't run that on my PC, so. <laughs> yeah. uh, so 
I might be wrong on this because uh, I, I thought you guys started in 2011, but your debut was put out by Season of Mist. Is that right? Uh, no. Okay, I figured our, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Our, our our first album was put out by Shell's Music. Okay. Can you give us a brief history of the band? Well, just sure, like pro- yeah. like leading up to like uh, at least Season of Mist, because that's that's the area where I'm I'm not familiar Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. We we well, we've known each other, Brandon, Scott, and I since high school. Um, and we used to, the three of us used to play in a band together called, uh, the Don Maestri experience, which was named after our, uh, gym teacher in middle school. (laughs) And we played, what kind of music did we play? I mean, it it was metalcore, but yeah. yeah, Like the MySpace old school metalcore stuff, like number 12 and things like that. Yeah. 100%. Dude, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, and then we started a new band. Our, was it our senior year of high school? No, Brandon, you yeah. were still in high school with us, right? No, no, it was no, our no. I I graduated the year that okay. we started this. So our, our senior year, we started Black Sheep Wall, and we wrote uh, these songs, uh, songs for I Am God songs was our first album in my parents' garage, and we released it. I think the following year with uh shell's music okay. and then after and then there was like as we always do a tumultuous period a bunch of us quit and we <laughs> kind of broke up and every kind of, person uh, quit yeah i don't know like it happens to us every few years and then um <laughs> and then we wrote another album i don't know yeah i'm the only one that has never quit i don't think uh, not including andrew and juan i mean in terms of the original lineup me brandon and jackson go all the way to the beginning and uh, I've never been kicked out or quit the band, but these two have. <laughs> so, uh, what was it like getting on a season of Mist? Like that must have been a big deal for you guys back in the day. Yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, actually, they had initially reached out to us when we had put out our first record, "I Am God" songs on MySpace. I don't think we put out the whole record. I think we just put out some songs. I can't remember correctly, but uh, no, we did the whole thing. Oh, did we do the whole thing? Yeah, we, we did a, a a whole run of handmade uh, That's versions. right, right, yes. Yeah, okay. you slept under the desk at Kinko's. And... Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> um, Wait, what? <laughs> our original lineup, um, the singer, Jeff Antimiglia, was uh, the singer of the band The Faceless, and then he came over and joined our band. And um, we did that album with him. We put it out on MySpace on our own. And then eventually Season of Mist reached out to us, expressing interest on, in releasing it wider. But for some reason we passed because, I don't know, Shell's Music reached out to us and took us out to lunch and it was kind of cool. And we were like 18 and we were like, fuck, dude, this guy brought us out to Santa Monica and bought us cheeseburgers and shit. (laughs) (laughs) So we went to Shell's Music and then, as Jackson explained, there was that whole tumultuous period where we quit, uh, got kicked out, and then eventually got back together. And I just on a whim emailed dude from Shell's, his name's Michael Barbarian, and uh, asked him if he was still interested. Sent him a demo we had recorded. He was like, this isn't as heavy as you used to be. Are you guys like still good? And I was like, I think. <laughs> and then he said, Let's do it. And then we signed and it was, yeah, I would say it's it was exciting. Dude, that's awesome, man. Uh, can you move to the right just a little bit, Scott? 
I got I got a bar right on top of your head. Okay, there we go. That, that's that better. better. Yeah, yeah, that's way better. That's way better. Uh, so why aren't you releasing this album through them? I could take that too. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> Answer that question. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they just told us the last album we did with them was a, a financial disaster. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, it was like the most like uh, there's no ill will at all towards season of uh, cool that they took a chance on us to be fair like i don't think we held our end of the bargain in terms of the deal we didn't tour we didn't do shit so uh it's crazy just to do that <laughs> Enamel Queen at the time, and we reached out to them and we're like, hey, we're going to do it. Um, and, you know, when you work with a label, there's things like advances where, you know, it helps pay for the recording and whatnot. And we reached out and said we we're going to do it. And they wrote back in a very frank, like, one sentence email. The last one we'll be moving on without you guys. Good luck. And we we're like, gosh, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I've heard so many people say that uh, your last one was just a masterpiece. Like, I would have thought that there'd be all kinds of labels going after you guys. I was surprised that y'all weren't moving on to, like, Relapse or someone else, someone bigger. That yeah, would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it might have been cool, but I think the situation we have going on with Silent um, Pendulum is, is couldn't be anything more than what we would ask for. Like, it Absolutely. is Absolutely. such a great situation going on with them silent pendulum is like what i was hoping shells would have been the first time around when we yeah had to go with season to miss and work with the smaller label um you get more without- attention so, I mean, not like lost in the shuffle yeah yes they were great too but i do think we're, we're in a situation right now that's that's better than we've ever had before um Yes. Yeah, well, it seems to be working out. Like as far as I can see on their Bandcamp, they've sold out of 400 copies already. Like, that's freaking insane, man. For yeah, a double we LP too. Like Jesus. Yeah, we were talking about how grateful we were for that today. So, yeah, it's pretty yeah. awesome. So, uh, Metal Sucks put out a thing when they were. Uh, I think they premiered your first single, and they said uh, that a press release cites turbulence between band members is the reason for the long break between releases. So uh, you guys all good? Like, there, there's is there bad blood happening or? Uh, I don't know, Jackson Scott. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we're very good. We're, it's we're worth good. noting that anytime there's like a turbulent period, there is like a period in between, like the band getting back together. Where we're we're for sure friends. Like I don't think I've never not been friends with anyone in this band. It's just it get it boils over to the point where it's like I just can't be in this band <laughs> with you guys right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it, we're, you know, we're growing up. We started when we were fucking, you know, 17, 18, and we're in our 30s now. So it's a lot easier to be more mature about things and diplomatic. And like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I had, I think at the beginning of the band, I was like the shittiest band member of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please don't lie, Scott. Yeah. 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 I was like, literally of all time, this Scott yeah. takes the cake. Yeah. <laughs> so did y'all actually break up between the last album and this one then, or was it just like a couple of little spats? It wasn't an official breakup. It was more of like uh, we've invested so much in this. We've put so much energy in this. We've really, really tried, and we're manifesting nothing, and we're just not getting anywhere, and we're frustrated, and we're upset, and it wasn't even like a conscious choice to put it away. It was just like eventually – 
it faded away. And then we, we had the songs recorded, the instrumentals recorded for years. There were times in my heart of hearts, I thought no one would ever get to hear the songs. And, um, I think the initial spark to come back, Scott had this idea. He was like, how do you guys feel about, I just take some of the instrumentals and I just post them online and, and not say anything about it. And, and then Scott, I remember you listen to it and you're like, actually, they're kind of good. Maybe we should finish them instead. <laughs> yeah, I, that was part of it. But there, I think before that, there was like a already a germ of like Brandon expressing interest yeah, in the album. I had, I had attempted to track the album going back five years and it just, it was not going well. Uh, I was in a really terrible place. I was, I remember sitting in, in the vocal booth and just telling Jackson, like, I'm clearly not doing what you want me to do. I'm, I'm clearly not just living up to the performance that you would like. I'm just going to walk away and I'm just going to wipe my hands and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry. I've wasted people's time. And I, I'm gone. And I just, I walked out and, and, money, brought, and money was spent. <laughs> uh, and that last, that lasted for, for quite a while, a couple of years. And then I had, I had actually reached out to Scott and Jackson separately and asked like, Hey, I'm starting to get into a better place. Like, I think I want to finish this. And uh, I, I think we remember Jackson just telling me, that sounds great, dude. I'm not going to help you with any of it. <laughs> I've got my focus elsewhere. Like, if you want to do it, you want to do it. And I don't think it was until um, what Jackson was talking about, Scott's push of just, like, wanting to get the songs out there and then thinking that we need to finish it. I, I, I'm, I'm not a great leader. I, I, need, I need support. I need uh, people to push me up, which is thank God I got these guys behind me. And... Uh, I think it was a combination of me being ready to tackle these songs and Scott uh, being open to to just kind of pushing it forward. And it, without that, I don't think it would have ever gotten done. Yeah, I think I, I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed the songs because once we put the the sessions for Song Show, the Enamel Queen on ice, uh, it wasn't very fun to go back and listen to. And then once Jackson and Brandon and I, and Andrew too, um, Juan wasn't uh, in the band at the point, but uh, it got to the point where we were cool, like as friends again. That uh, you know, I meant Jackson mentioned. I brought up the idea of just putting the songs out there instrumentally, and when I went back and listened to it, I was like, I think it was like the first time in a very long time where I could hear the songs and be like, oh shit, like I think this is pretty fucking good. So let's not just throw them out there instrumentally. I'm so glad we didn't do that. So how long were they uh, sitting out there, the recordings? Four years. Four yeah. years. Jesus yeah, 2016. Christ. Four years. Wow. And, like, did y'all update them at all when it, before y'all released this? Or was it just exactly how you had them for, uh, four years ago? Instrumentally, it's been updated. I think the instruments, instrumentals have been different. I would say the vocals, the... From what we had, like, the little seed of that we had tried doing four years prior to what Brandon brought to the table when we came back to the studio in 2020, uh, that was different and, like, way fucking evolved and better. Okay. Um, yeah, there was, like, little mixing things we changed, but, I mean, like, tiny, tiny things. Um, we didn't re-record any of the instruments. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, on your uh, album for on Silent Pendulum's Bandcamp, it says uh, Jason is a studio bassist, and then you have Juan. So Juan, you're not on the album at all, then? Or no, no, no. I just uh, <clears throat> I joined maybe like I think it's like six months ago, maybe. Okay. Uh, but uh, Jason was the bassist uh, when I actually met Black Sheep Wall. I think it was like 2016. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jason was actually the base of the band. Um, and, uh, we did a little tour together. I was playing in another band at the time and, uh, it just so happened that, uh, when they needed a bassist, I was available and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I should mention Jason is my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's been a part of pretty much everything I've ever done. Uh, He was a, the drummer for Admiral Angry, like long before Admiral Angry became what it, was known for uh, but he ended up moving to san antonio unfortunately uh well fortunately for him but unfortunately for us so we needed to figure out a, a solution that would work uh, for everyone in california <laughs> and it was something i just thought of when we were recording the instrumentals i think only we, we only had one friend come to any of those recording sessions and it was Juan. Yeah, and I, re- I remember one making fun of my lyrics on the couch, cracking up. <laughs> and, then, and then I remember the next time I saw him, he was like, are you guys okay? Like, it was really weird when I went over there. <laughs> it was a so, weird time, man. So, Brandon, you don't write the lyrics? Usually the vocalist writes the lyrics, so that's interesting. Uh, no, on, on, on this album, I definitely wrote... Um, all the lyrics jackson definitely helped me hammer out a few parts and whatnot um in the original iteration of these songs uh he and i had kind of split vocal duty in terms of lyric writing about 50 50 but you know years pass and 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 i ended up just taking up i had enough material that i was ready to to work with um but he definitely um in particularly our our recent single in um new measures of failure there's a a little vocal break towards the beginning that he really helped me out in terms of hammering out the details of that giving far too much credit brandon did all of it (laughs) (laughs) i i did nothing so i wait for everyone to hear the last song on the album that's that's the one i'm most proud of uh so who's the enamel queen oh uh tough question uh it's a lot of things um In one iteration, you could look at it like the Enamel Queen is addiction. In one iteration, you could look at it um, as a failed relationship. Um, It is, it is, um, God, how do I want to put this? Um, It's everything negative as far as my life goes. It is a personification of my bad tendencies and my. God, what do they call it? Like the, the the dragon you chase, but this is one that just always leads to your back. Um, I would I would say addiction is probably the easiest answer to that question, but it definitely holds many meanings for me, and uh, and 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 I think that's represented by the songs because no 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 song is is strictly about one thing per se. It's 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 all it's everything. Shit, bro! I got that question in an interview, and uh, 
that, 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 that would be my answer. I would say that like the easy answer is is addiction, but the the true answer is is basically anything kind of negative. I I could go through like twenty things that it it represents to me and how it it relates to each of the songs. So what's different this time around from uh, I want, I'm going to kill myself? And, well, a lot of a, a lot of it's different. I mean, the our previous album, I'm going to kill myself, is is kind of a gimmick record in its own way. Um, really? I love it that way. I, I don't mean it. I don't mean that to come across as as a diss towards it. But I mean, Scott's initial vision was like to write the worst album ever. So it, it, it was like to write something boring. Uh, the best worst album. The best word, yeah. I don't know. The, the, to write something that was intentionally boring. Um, to write so I something. guess Season of Mist Not Wanting to Renew You Guys is like, you know, making it then. <laughs> totally justified. Did it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Number one. It, it ended up being like a, what I thought was a clever idea ended up becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, we earned our tiger stripes. Um, Turns out 33 minute long songs Like people just you know Doesn't make the pop charts You know what I mean It's <laughs> 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 a little long for sure It's one note so. But I'm oh, sorry so I interrupted you Oh no no you're good This this record is, is actually it, It's not a gimmick in any way At least not from my perception It's 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 music for the sake of music And, and nothing more or less um, and I think it's our most dynamic and, and musical record we've ever written. Well, uh, I yeah. can definitely vouch for that, man. Um, my favorite song actually uh, is the fifth one. It hasn't been released yet, but you got a sweet trumpet happening on there. So you got uh, some nice experimentation going on in it, and like it hits so well. It hits so well. Thanks. Whose idea was it to bring the trumpet in? Oh, looks like we just I... lost Brandon. But anyway. Uh -oh. oh, here we, there go. we go. Okay, we're back. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, uh, whose idea was it to bring in trumpet? I think if I remember correctly, it was it was my idea, but Jackson was the one who like basically brokered the deal. He has like a a collective of musical friends from when he went to school. And so um once I pitched the idea of the trumpet, I think Jackson had already in mind like who he would because I don't I never met the dude who did the trumpet before until he got into the studio. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think it was my idea. Well, who's the guy that played it? Let's shout him out. His name is Brian Malblom. Um, he's a good friend of mine. I went to school with him. We were in the same major music industry studies. And I mean, he, I, I don't think there's an instrument he doesn't play. Um, like I've, I've played gigs with him where he's played keyboards. I played gigs with him where he sang. I played gigs with him. Or I've watched him play gigs where he played drums. Um, and I think I saw him play the trumpet three or four times and, uh, like he can just play anything. Um, and so when Scott, you know, put forth the idea, I, I didn't know anyone in which trumpet was their thing, but I knew, I knew Brian could do it. And the, the piece that you hear from him, his part is completely his own. Um, he wrote it, he he showed up one day and he played it and we were like, it sounds great. He was probably in the studio, what, like an hour? Less? Yeah, probably less. <laughs> the only direction I gave uh, Jackson to relate to him was like, I kind of wanted to sound like that, like Beirut. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that was what we got. 
I remember mentioning Max Payne. I remember that being an influence in some way. We were oh, Max Payne, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Wanted that noir vibe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I assume you guys are going to end up playing live after COVID's over. Y'all going to be touring with a trumpet, with someone playing a trumpet, or is that just going to be like a little track? <laughs> we have to be pretty selective with our track listing, being that some of our songs range from like eight to fifteen minutes. Fair, so, fair. Can't they might not just make it to the set list? <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple of videos oh. of you guys playing live, and they're like twenty minutes long, and I was like, so they got like two songs in, like. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tough. <laughs> So, uh, what would you say? I, I know you guys are probably influences on other people, but what are influences on you for this album in particular? Oh man, hmm. I think Brandon, you should go first because you recorded. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you, recorded you recorded four years ago. I mean. No, no, I mean that's a that's a really good point. I should probably go first. Oh shit. Um, you know what? As far as as music goes, I uh, I tend to pull lyrical in- inspiration from not necessarily other musicians as much as uh, there's an there's an artist uh, that I extremely love uh, by the name of Matthew Barney. Uh, I find his his work to be very impressive and and it has a lot of meaning behind it. And I was able to pull a lot from from that. Um, so he he would be a big influence, Matthew Barney. Um, and then the rest of it just kind of really comes from just like a rediscovery for my love of black metal and um, a, a conquering of, of alcoholism and, and dealing with that. And that's where a lot of my influence for the album had come from. I noticed the sweet mayhem flag you got going on behind you. Oh, I know, right? I sleep about it. It's right above my bed where I sit right now. <laughs> what about the other guys? Yeah. Andrew, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know what was my influence back then. I, I listened to a lot of like tech kind of metal stuff, um, a lot of death metal. Um, I guess at that time, probably one of the biggest influences was bands like uh, Intronaut or Cult of Luna, maybe Dillinger. Um, yeah, and then just real life in general as well. So you're not as much into like Sledge and stuff right now then? I am. I think I listen to more like, you know, crazy sporadic shit than I do Sludge, but uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can remember around the time we were recording was, I think maybe just like a year prior, I had discovered... Uh, Tigran Hamasian for the first time. Are you familiar? No, I've never heard that before. But, uh, he's um, he. How does he classify himself? Like a classical jazz pianist. But when I heard his music, it was just like completely void of any type of boundary or genre. It really connected with me. Much like Andrew, I have a strong interest in technical music. And um, I remember showing it to Jason, our bass player at the time, and it really connected with him as well. There's a couple of riffs on our album that rhythmically I don't think would be the same without discovering him right around that time. And to this day, I mean, I think he's my favorite musical artist. Um, so he, he definitely has left a huge impression on me and, and little snippets on our album. I wouldn't say it's, it's heavy, but there's uh, there's parts. Of it. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed a jazz pianist being a big influence for you. I mean, 
he like like Andrew can attest. He has songs that like you can bang your head to. Like, yeah, they're heavy as fuck. They are they're awesome. But Sugar inspired in, in their way. Yeah, that's wild. I think on a tour we like nonstop played Mock Root, like at least mm-hmm. once every day. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, that record song. Absolutely. Scott, what about you? <laughs> Um, I think I'm always, when it comes to like heavy music, I'm always a little influenced by bands like Converge. Excuse me. Um, I don't think we shout them out enough as an influence, but Deftones is Mm. definitely there. Um, trying to think back to that time, Pig Destroyer for sure. Some Pig Destroyer in there. Really? Yeah. Love (laughs) one of my all time favorite bands. Um, I would not have guessed, man. Like, really? <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Finish throwing a gorephobic nosebleed. Um, <laughs> okay. It, weirdly enough, like one of my all-time favorite bands is is Glassjaw. Okay. So I I feel like uh, I I listen to Worship and Tribute like on the weekly. So I feel like that has to like permeate somewhere on and in my influences. Um, but yeah, I think that's in terms of musically speaking, it's hard to go back to 2015, 16 or whatever it was and pull from influences. <laughs> like Andrew mentioned, Colt Luna is always an influence. They, that new EP they just dropped is so fucking killer. Okay, for sure. Um, so a lot of your, we've already mentioned this, but a lot of your songs are long as hell. Uh, this, for instance, is seven tracks clocking in in about an hour. However, you also have some short ones too, like, uh, the opener, which is only like two minutes 20 seconds uh i know personally that i just get a feeling whenever a song's done like done writing whenever i'm done writing the song but like my songs range between a minute to three minutes and y'all's range from like three minutes to 33 minutes so is there like do you go into like a song like thinking okay this is going to be the long track or one of the long tracks or one of the short tracks or how, how do you do that I think it's more, I think for us, it feels more like a novelty when it's a short track because most of our songs are longer. I mean, the, the first track on our new record, um, I don't want to say it's intentionally short, but it, it's, I mean, it's intended to feel like, wait, what? They wrote a song that short? I, I don't, I don't want to say it's intended to feel that way. It's obviously that. <laughs> is what um, the long songs have always just felt I, I don't know, like natural, I suppose. Yeah. It, what did you say, Scott? Natural. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've ever like. Uh, I think once the band got in its groove, I don't think we ever consciously like been like, okay, every song has to be between eight and thirteen minutes. It just kind of ends up that way. Mm-hmm. So, like Metallica, like y'all, like that was just a natural well, thing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that wasn't natural. That song, like from the second we started writing it, it's like, well, let's start on the fifth fret, and thirty-three minutes later, let's end on the fifth fret. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I can dig that. <laughs> uh, so, what was the recording process like for this? Hell, hell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we recorded I- with Daniel Bronstein, who we did our previous record with. He's awesome to work with. Um, and he's, uh, he was perfect to do this album with. So that, that was a positive to it. Dude, it sounds great. Yeah, it sounds I, gigantic. Like he did a really good job at producing this. I agree. Thanks. And, and I, I don't mean to make it sound like, like the recording process was horrible. Uh, I think the first attempt at it, I'm sure the music went very well. <laughs> um, 
the the vocal process though was just a disaster and then uh getting back into that mindset is is always a struggle um just kind of putting yourself out there um in that sense uh but i i again i gotta agree with jackson if it wasn't with daniel bromstein it probably would have never gotten done he's he's a magician is this I would a, say once oh. we back into the studio, like once we decided to finish the album and Brandon was in a good spot and we tackled it from there, uh, I would say the experience was like pretty amazing and empowering. Like I think it brought us closer and then just like hearing it come to life in a way that was better than I could have imagined was like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. But Brandon, before that, it was kind of nightmarish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also like the the day that we had Trey and Jeff come in with Garrett. Was did anyone else come? I that that day in particular was number one very overwhelming. I like Andrew oh, and I had to walk outside. Very I had to walk. Like, I, I was just like, there's there's so many personalities here. Like I feel like this song is being taken in a million directions, and I don't know if I like it or not. Like I'm just super overwhelmed. I, I just had anxiety but at the same time it was like we have like this family of people that are all willing you know to come together for something that they care about and everyone's personality was represented in that song there was something really special about that of feeling like you know the band has amounted to more than the sum of its parts um, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think a family is is a good way to put it. It definitely felt like a family reunion where you don't all get along, but you listen to each other and you let everyone speak. And it, it I think, I think that song came out amazing. Which like, song I is couldn't it? have asked for. Uh, that would have been Mister Gone. Okay. Channel No, which uh, features comes out. Yeah, it, it features every vocalist we've we've ever had in the band um, on a recording, or and actually pretty much every member we've had in a band on a recording. Dude, that's awesome! Holy crap! Uh, speaking yeah, it's, of, it's, it's a big thing for us. Yeah. Speaking of uh, vocals, so the lyrics largely seem to deal with mental illness, from what I can tell, and like depression and such. I mean, you have an album called "I Want to I'm Going to Kill Myself," so like. You know, it's got it's got to be leaning in that direction. Um, just wanted to read some of my favorite lines. Uh, this is on one of the ones that's already been released, so I, I, I'm not spoiling anything. But uh, it's on uh, new measures of failure. Uh, I hope I make you embarrassed. I hope you're afraid. I hope you keep me a secret. I hope you're ashamed. I hope you hate me. I hope you always hate me. That is awesome. Oh my god! And the way that you repeat it in the songs, it's so freaking good, man. So uh, thank you, man. Where did your influence for writing lyrics and stuff come from? Like from a certain author or? Um, well, no, no, um, lyrics, uh, for the most part, just kind of come from my own life experiences. Uh, in, in particular, the new measures of failure is, uh, a song, uh, strongly about relapse and about me trying to put myself back into, um, a mindset that I don't particularly like, uh, to finish the song, but that, that, uh, stanza that you would actually pull, uh, is a reference to a previous relationship I had and um, and a, a failed relationship at that. And just my thoughts of just like, you know what? I want to I want to embrace the degenerate that I am. 
I want to embrace the bad parts of myself and, and accept what other people won't accept. And, uh, and, and that stands in, in particular, like has to do with that person and just, you know, I, I meant everything I said in it, which is, I, I hope that I make them embarrassed and I hope that they are afraid, <laughs> uh, afraid of, and I don't mean afraid in terms of like, I'm going to cause harm to them. Or I was going to say something like that. No, 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 <laughs> no, just af- afraid for, for my well being. Um, when you, when you deal with someone who cares about you, you know, sometimes they are fearful of kind of some of your, your bad tendencies. And I, I think just embracing some of those bad tendencies, although, uh, not a big fan at the same time. Um, I do find some sort of empowerment in in being able to own the mistakes I've made and the, the bad decisions and, and in all reality, the bad human being that I can be. Okay. Well, it's super dark, man. Like it, it I don't know. It just hits in such a, a good way, even though it's like super dark, it hits in a really good way. I, I, I enjoyed listening to your lyrics. Thank you. Thank you. I actually, the, the stanza that you brought up was the first stanza that I wrote for that song. I knew that that was going to be where the song ended um, long before I had finished the first half of it. Nice. Uh, so got your, co- Oh, before I go into this chat, if you got any questions, comments, feel free to drop them in. Um, so who did the cover art? Now I've got it up on screen right now. You, you guys can't see it, but well, you might be able to, if you're watching the stream, but uh, yeah, who did your cover art? Jeff Rogers, uh, he's worked with us since no matter where it ends, he's done, uh, he did that one. He did, uh, it begins again. He did, I'm going to kill myself. He's an amazing artist and just definitely gets us. He's one of our, our good friends. Feels and like he's a part of the band. Yeah. So I'm assuming yeah. this is supposed to be like the enamel <laughs> queen, right? Yeah. I, I had a long conversation with Jeff about what I kind of envisioned, um, what the the, the triangle um, or pyramid as it's as it's depicted had kind of meant and uh and and, and exactly how i how i kind of envisioned it and he was able to take that information and, and run with it for for the cover well so what what do all these things mean like uh you got like the crown on the head and like crazy long hair and like kind of talons for fingers and stuff like uh, i'm assuming there's deeper meaning uh- in all this I, yeah, and I don't want to give away all the secrets. Um, obviously, he um, took some liberties with the, the crown in a good way. Of um, Teeth get mentioned a few times on, on the album. Um, a lot of times, you know, that that is a... When dealing with addiction and, and sobering up and whatnot, teeth falling out is kind of a reoccurring thing that, that, that you can deal with um, in terms of just psychological... Um, that is part of the reason why the, the crown is made of teeth. Um, the queen itself can, like, as I was saying before, it can represent addiction. It can represent a, a, a lot of things. The pyramid, um, you know, it's obvious it's inverted. It's, it's meant to, to be guided towards something. Um, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that, that could go into it. And at least in the explanation I gave to him as to why I wanted some of those things included. <laughs> One of the things that, uh, really like I was really wondering about was the three white dots where the face should be. 
What's up? Uh, that that is definitely an artistic interpretation. That's not something that I had ever specified, or unless uh, someone else wants to jump in here with that. Um, I mean, you could like make the argument regarding the the third eye, regarding perception um, being part of that with your two regular um, eyes, where you can uh, you know just see the world in the third eye of how you perceive the world. Okay. I have a, I have a different interpretation specifically of the eyes. Um, we did we did an EP okay. called uh, "It Begins Again," and on that EP is a two-headed skeleton, and there are two circles on the side. And I like to think of those two circles now in retrospect as her eyes. Like, this is completely my interpretation. I've, I've never talked to Jeff about this. But there are some lyrics on our new album that kind of call back to that time of the band. And so for me, it's kind of a way that it um, kind of layers over itself and all comes together into one piece. Interesting. So uh, you guys are definitely going to be coming back post-COVID, like in playing shows and stuff, right? Oh, yeah, Juan, he's ready. He's ready. I can see you over there, man. (laughs) Juan, get at it. Are we coming back? You decide, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Have y'all already started making plans or anything? I know it's probably a little too early. No. No. We actually, in our our personal lives, have quite a year in front of us. Three of us are engaged to be married. um, And, you know. Congratulations, guys. Jesus. Thank you. you. Y'all going to have the weddings at, like, the same time, same place? Same same time, different places. None of us invited each other. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> I pushed my wedding. There's too many weddings going on this year. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, we have a lot to sort out um, just as being people as the pandemic hopefully gets under control. Um, but, I mean, the band is near the top of things that we want to happen, but there's just so much life to sort through uh, in order to get to that. Gotcha. You guys do a lot of uh, video calls and stuff because of COVID? Like, y'all like, with practicing together or anything like that oh. over video? <laughs> no. No, yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, we did like really play together. I think we, uh, for the music video, uh, we jammed with, it was me, Jackson, and Juan. And uh, that was the first time we played Black Sheep Wall music live and loud in like probably four years or so. And then we haven't done it since. And you guys did work on something new. Yeah. Just some shit. I mean, there's been time, Scott and I have emailed ideas back and forth i think andrew has some ideas down the pipeline so you know there's information and, and we're in a, a group text that bothers me all day long every day <laughs> <laughs> but but uh yeah no 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 video uh, practices as of yet uh, whoever's phone keeps dinging if y'all could uh, mute it that would be awesome yeah someone's <laughs> beeping a bunch yeah oh, that, oh that's me i'm sorry i don't <laughs> I don't know how to turn it off. It's my text coming through my computer, and I, um, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, uh, I, I would be surprised if we didn't have a show or something lined up. I'm not saying that it's going to be a full tour or anything like that, but it, we will definitely probably do something. Maybe. Yeah. 
Maybe. Fuck <laughs> you, dude. <laughs> so I want to go on stage. <laughs> what was the best show y'all ever played? I can speak for me. I think we we played a show in Eugene, Oregon once. Um, oh, don't know yeah. what the hype was about, uh, but it was like a fucking jam-packed show in Eugene, Oregon. We played with a bunch of local bands, and uh, it was awesome. Otherwise, I don't know. Like that was like another reason I didn't like touring is like you sit in the car for fucking like twenty hours. <laughs> you get to show, <laughs> right. you play for like. 13 people and it's like you appreciate so much that they're invested in your music but it's like fuck man well you all play festivals and shit before right oh uh, yeah those are cool too i don't i feel like <laughs> our- <laughs> we played on some nice ones like some bigger higher profile ones but like you can tell like when someone like sometimes it's more gratifying to play to like you know 10 20 people that actually care about your shit than like you know a half full room that's just like, you know, sitting there with their fucking hands up their ass because they have nothing else to do. And they, they bought tickets to this festival and they probably can't even go outside without not being able to come back in. I want to give much more of a positive answer. Uh, I think the first time. Yeah, that one's dark. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I played for 13 people. Fuck them. But Tay Tay Gumby, who's uh, from uh, Six Off's Mustaches in the chat, and he says, Whoa, 20 people, nice flex. <laughs> oh, just lost Brandon. Alrighty. <laughs> I'll say that Eugene show was really good, but I got in big trouble at that show. You remember that? No, what did you do? Well, there was like a thing with the drummer before us and, and I, I didn't have a drum rug and I asked him if I could use his drum rug and I guess I asked in a way that was impolite. Scott, you don't remember this? Yes, I do. Yeah. You were, he thought you were like, I thought you were like grandstanding him for some reason. It was, it was really weird. It was really uncomfortable for me. So that kind of ruined that show for me. And then Wait, so what was I the really interaction? Heard- I don't want to get into details because I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm I'm talking smack on this guy. I, I don't even know this guy. I have nothing. Oh, against you're good. Yeah. You're not even saying names or anything. Yeah. Dude, it was fucking weird. The guy like puffed on his chest and was like, "My fucking rug, bro." And it's like, what? Like a dude from the Big Lebowski. He's like, "Man, my rug ties everything together." You know? That would have been like more like quiet and nice. This guy like wanted to fight. It. I don't know if he wanted to, I remember him saying, I've been playing this style of music for over 20 years and no one has ever talked to me that way. Yes. And I was like, I was like, man, like, what'd you say to him? Well, I, I, I was genuinely like, I don't know if I was sorry is that right word, but I felt guilty like that I made him feel so uncomfortable or, you know, upset. Um, so I said, that was completely not my intention. I super appreciate the rug, man. Like, and then he said, and then I remember like we shook hands. Ended well. Um, but it was weird. I I do remember a time we literally played a show to zero people. (laughs) Andrew, were you in the band yet? Uh, in Texas, I think. I want to say San Antonio. This this was in. Before that. 
This was in Long Beach. I remember starting Nihility, and we looked around the room, and it was literally <laughs> barren. And it, was, it was at like 12.30 a.m. on like Tuesday night, and I remember this sinking feeling of like, who's going to quit the band after this show? Like, <laughs> uh, Holly in the chat was saying that you threw a chair, Jackson. Oh, was it over the rug? No, that <laughs> I, I've thrown. I've thrown chairs many times. I've thrown. <laughs> I've, I've gotten body a few times. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty wild for the kind of music you play, man. <laughs> so, what was the worst show you ever played? I, I guess the the one with nobody there. Oh no, we can go worse than that, dude. Let's do it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there. I mean, in the early iterations of the band, it would. These were oftentimes we would get in huge fights. So, so Scott would lie. He would say, "Oh yeah, I'm totally free on that night." <laughs> you were like conditioned to know what Scott was up to, so you'd call him like two days before, like, "Hey man, you know we have the show, right?" He's like, "Yeah," and then like the day before, you're like, "We're we're still gonna play the show." You're like, "Yeah." And then you would get that call the day of the show, and you knew Scott was going to bail. And like, he, he, was, he was very huge on the promoter. And then so we would get really big fights about that. And then I remember getting, I remember getting in a really big argument with Brandon at the Knitting Factory one time over something that's nonsense, something that I don't care about now. But like, I, I just remember a lot of arguing in a, in our earlier years. That thankfully does not happen anymore were y'all trying to use yeah. each other's drum rugs or something that was from taylor bates in the in the chat uh, <laughs> uh what was the weirdest place that y'all played hmm. oh i got one oh. we played we played in brandon's living room when his parents were out of town um, I think we had just graduated, so we, it was still like kind of a high school scene, but just post high school. And I had a horrible idea that the band <laughs> would play on one side of the living room and I would play on the other side. And so anybody who came to the show, they they were like mostly watching the band, but there were some people who were just kind of turning around looking, what are you doing here? It was it was very awkward, horrible idea. Um but that was that was very strange. <laughs> what about a weirdest location? I think right now we've got uh, the band Eyes played to. I want to say they were fifth graders in an elementary school, and uh, we've had another band play in an ice cream parlor. <laughs> I like the fifth graders. Holy shit! Uh, Scott, tell me about middle school. Oh, this was before Black Sheep Wall, but uh, <laughs> oh my god, when we we had a band in middle school, I can't remember the name of the band. It was poor shit, it sucked. But uh, <laughs> for some reason, like the counselor at the school had gotten wind that we played in a band and brought us in, and was like, "Hey, would you guys be interested on in playing the last day of school in the auditorium?" And uh, and I, it's almost silly to admit it, but it was like one of the coolest shows I've actually ever played. <laughs> Filtered into that auditorium, so it felt like we were playing like a, a stadium show or some shit. And uh, 
again, we're in middle school. Jackson shows up. He spikes his hair into one giant spike. Our car is like stage dove. He got kicked out by like the counselor. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> is this the metalcore band before Black Sheep? No, this was like the rock and roll band. Rock and roll, all right. <laughs> great. Playing some Green Day covers and stuff. Uh, I, before I joined the band, I think you guys did cover Green Day, didn't you? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We played uh, Basket Case. Yeah. There you go. Um, See? It, I don't know how weird this is. I don't know if you'll find this weird. I don't think Black Sheep Wall ever actually played, but um, Benoit, uh, another band that I'm in, and Admiral, uh, Brandon's old band, we played at a church that I grew up going to. And I mean, the fact that they just let us do this in the first place is crazy. But that was actually like, I think my favorite show I've ever been to in my life, like watching Admiral that night. And they played, they played so loud, like literally the ceiling was falling down. Like like, there was every, no, like, like Andrew, you were there. Yeah. The the benefit show, right? Yeah. 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 Fucking a. Really loud. Yeah, it's like pieces of the ceiling just like falling down. Um, Intronaut played that show, so that that was interesting. Black Sheep Ball didn't play, but it's still. Question, Brandon, is uh, what's the weirdest place we've ever played? Uh, And Brandon, if you could move to your right just a little bit, you're getting getting cut off. Um, The Uh, annoying thing. Keep my phone plugged in. Jason texted us. He he said something about a tire shop. That's not ringing a bell for me. Oh, no, yes. we, oh, we, yeah, yeah, we did. One. We played, um, Perez what's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Noise guy. Uh, fuck. What's his name? Kyle. Noise guy. Kyle. Zach. It was Prez tires. It was Prez tires, but, but Kyle played as well. Yeah, he did. I think Immortal Bird played that show too, if I remember correctly. They did. Yeah. We played at a, a tire shop out here in Compton, which was like, it was a cool show, but like I was worried about my car the entire time. Uh, there heavy was, with uh, shadows. In, is, oh, I'm sorry. In Santa Barbara, I think we played like a hookah lounge one time too. I can't remember the name of it. Oh yeah, that was you guys cool. Remember that one? That's when we started playing Hawaiian music. I embraced yeah, that. Yeah. That was <laughs> amazing. That was a good gimmick. Yeah, there was a period of time where uh, all our we were Hawaiian themed for a bit. <laughs> yeah, we'd wear like Hawaiian shirts, or I, I would put lays on everyone. We'd play a little bit of Hawaiian music before we started playing. It was great. Hula skirts and like the coconuts and stuff. Or are we uh, we going that far? No, 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 no. Oh, nothing, come on, nothing. You gotta commit, man. We're, we're, we're a lazy band. <laughs> we're a lot, like, you know, just like Mahalo vibes, you know? Yeah, just like hey, here, here's a lay. That's awesome. You break out like a little ukulele and stuff too. Uh, <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. I did. I did rip off a shirt at one show in Santa Barbara. And, oh God, I had to drive home with no shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> you rip it off, just immediately regret it. <laughs> I felt good at the time. <laughs> Heavy with shadows says the Swad Shop in Alma, Arizona, is definitely the hottest show. Oh my God, Al- Alma, Arkansas. Oh, Arkansas. Uh, I first just say, like, what up, Eric? Eric. (laughs) Um, Wow. I forgot about Alma, Arkansas. Do you remember Alma, Arkansas? The guy cut his hand and rubbed blood on the the car? Mm -hmm. That was the place where we got there and, like, and all due respect to Alma, Arkansas, we got there and, like, everything was, like, 10 years behind. People were like, (laughs) 
talking about like the heaviest band that's been around in a while. <laughs> real quick, real quick. Um, is this the show where we stayed at the construction house? What's that? Was this the show where we stayed at the house that was under construction? No, 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 no. The, oh, the, god damn! Yeah, actually, I think this might have been the tour that you weren't on because you because you had work. Oh, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was like three bazillion degrees, and you'd go to the gas station, and it was like the fucking plague was like hitting because there was just like locusts everywhere. <laughs> Sounds awful. <awesome. laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not connecting with me. I don't remember this. No. The guy was like the guy like lived right next to the venue, uh, and I, I don't think he was the promoter. I think he was just some random dude who lived next to the venue, and he had a, a fountain with whiskey, or he had like a, a a setup where like he had a bottle of whiskey and you could like pour shots. And he had just sliced his hand open and was like rubbing his blood everywhere, and was like, "You guys want to stay with me tonight?" <laughs> like, no, <laughs> I very vaguely remember. Not, it's not sorry, I don't remember. I I did just remember. Trey sent us a picture recently. We played at a house turned into a bar in New Jersey. Yes. But he took their house and actually like made it a legitimate bar. It was really <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and that was that was that was actually a pretty good show, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, that was Holly in the chat wants me to tell you that uh, one time she went to the hookah lounge, and I guess that's supposed to be Santa Barbara. She says SB, and a bunch of high schoolers showed up with instruments and just put themselves on the bill. They played for like 100 hours, and she had to be the one to tell them to get off. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I like their fucking chutzpah, man. That's great. <laughs> 100 hours. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> Uh, so we got a question that we ask everybody here. Uh, that's how you dress your, how do you dress your hot dogs? Chili mm. dog style. All right. Uh, mustard. Chili. Mustard. You know, yeah, anything mustard. else for that? No. So mustard, I, jalapenos, onions. That's a good one too. Okay. I do mine all, uh, I like to do like a, a slice of like, uh, like craft singles and then put the chili on and then I like raw onions and mustard. Okay. That is trashy. Dude, I, <laughs> don't shame a man's hot dog, man. Come on. Uh, I, I think that tomorrow. Um, highly underrated. I don't know what they're officially called, but the crunchy onions. Okay. Um, uh, French's onions, I think, is what they are. Yeah, that's like right. in the little red container or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Andrew? I think for me, it's just just mustard, maybe some chili, but typically just mustard. Pretty just plain. mustard, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I fucking love mustard. <laughs> <laughs> and Juan, Juan, what you got cooking? Mustard and relish. All right, I can dig that. Get a lot of tanginess in there. We have the the L.A. street dog out here too, which is is pretty bomb. Uh, when before I used to go to my office before COVID hit, and I never didn't leave my house for a year. Uh, there used to be all these people cooking hot dogs, the bacon wrapped ones with uh, peppers and onions. Fucking smelled like heaven every day. Oh, those are so good. Dude, that sounds insane. <laughs> uh, Holly in the <laughs> chat says, Mustard Gang, all you guys win. So, uh, all winners. Uh, Nicholas G13 in the chat says, Not a question, just want to give a shout out to my boys. Love Nicholas from Utah. What up, Nicholas? Oh. Hey, oh, Nicholas. Thanks, love Nicholas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so you got some merch, uh, and, uh, vinyl and stuff up for sale. I know. Did y'all happen to get any 
around you? You have any sh- shirts to show off or anything? I've got okay. <clears throat> okay, wait a minute. Here, I've got I've got an exclusive. I gotta be. I gotta find it. So we we've had these wall shirts since the beginning. I think it was like the first shirt design we ever made. But on a tour several years ago, one of us spilled coffee over a bunch of them. And so we haven't put them online yet. But there's an exclusive coffee wall. And I think we've only got a couple in every size. So if I can... Dude, crack it open. Let's see it. sound like that's a privilege. I gotta gotta find one. Hang on. I'm sorry. You guys should talk about something else. Okay, okay. You're good, you're good. So uh, what was the last album that you guys listened to? Oh shit! Let me check my Spotify. Ah <laughs> uh, shit! Yeah, I I would need to check my Spotify. Whatever that new Phoebe Bridgers album is, that album is fucking good. Dude, her SNL performance was fucking awesome. I watched it. It was dope as fuck. Yeah, so sick. Taylor in the chat's asking if the shirts come with cream and sugar. <laughs> we should do. Okay, here's one. Um, so it looks like a normal shirt, but if you look close. There's a coffee stain. <laughs> you barely can see that. No, oh, that was just tape. That wasn't even the coffee. Brandon, you labeled this one coffee. You're bungling this, bro. <laughs> Over here hyping these coffee stained shirts, man. I want, I want to see the coffee stains. I'm just, I'm just trying to build the uh, suspense. You know, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, we no, in, seriously though, we do have. Uh, a little less than I don't know how many are left of, of our vinyl. We have one variant left on um, Silent Pendulum's Bandcamp, and then I think um, Evil Greed. Did they still have two up or one? I think they still have both up. Okay, oh, I didn't know y'all um, were going through another label as well. Is that like for European and stuff? Yeah, that's for European. That's just for distribution in Europe. Yeah. Okay. So I saw. What was that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was giving y'all time. <laughs> well, okay, hold on. If you want okay. one of these DVD cases of our original pressing, do not put this in your car CD player. <laughs> do not put it in the car. I think we have two, maybe three left. How do we sell those though? Do you just give them away? No, you just mess. Yeah, no, fuck no. <laughs> you have to explain why not to put it. In yeah, yeah. Why? Why would it uh, not work? Uh, well, my my brother, my half brother, uh, I gave him one when I first joined this band and we first made the recording. And he was he's a big metalhead. Put it in a CD player. Could not get it out of a CD player for about two years, uh, mainly because it gets hot in the summer and the CD is covered in spray paint for whatever <laughs> reason. Dude, that's so it will just it will just stick. Uh, so Holly says, uh, "Black Sheep Walls lyricism is some of my favorite writing. I love the style of storytelling. How honest and disgusting it all is. It has helped as an avenue to write my own morbidity, which I haven't done in like 13 years. So just wanted to give a shout out to the uh, Black Sheep Wall Collective and the cat. Hell yeah! Because oh. we saw your cat for a second there, cool. <laughs> Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I got uh, more of them. That means a lot, though, Holly. Thank yeah, it you. does. Yeah. I wish I could take all the credit for that, but I can't. 
that that is I black sheep black sheep walls like lyrical inspiration, particularly the Jeff era. It's a huge influence on me too. I I chat with Jeff on a regular basis about about how much I really relate to everything that he wrote on I Am God songs and how much it meant to me at the time and now even. So it looks like none of y'all listening to music anymore. But uh, what were your what? album? Oh, you got one. You got one, Scott. <laughs> so, yeah. I gave an answer. I, I I I sort of have an answer. So I've lately been like on like a metalcore kick. Um, which is weird because like I've been removed from not removed, but like it just hasn't really piqued my interest in a while. But like um, uh, I just recently uh, for the first time d- dug into Zayo's The Well-Intentioned Virus, which I loved Zayo growing up, but I for some reason just never got around to listening to that album. And at the beginning of this week, I gave it a spin and was like totally taken by it and love it. And then um, I mean, everybody knows Vane, but Error Zone, that's another one I'm late to the party on. And uh, I've just been loving that album. It's like, it harkens back to like before metalcore got a little cheesy and like adopted like the, you know, like Swedish Gothenburg, you know, at the gate style that eventually just like went off the rails and became like super like cliche and cheesy. So it's nice. And like bands like Code Orange too, that like bring it back to like just almost like a dead guy style, a version of metalcore. Seems to be a big resurgence in that. Um, I, have, I have three albums that come to mind. The last album to like totally blow my socks off was the last Mammal Hands album. They're like a, a jazz trio came out last year. I, I think it's, it's just gorgeous sounding the way the songs are structured. It's, it's perfect. Um, and then recently, Andrew turned me on to Focus Right, which we learned about <laughs> the podcast. Dude, Focus Right is dope. My answer. <laughs> I can't stop listening to it. <laughs> Uh, looks like he's frozen. Oh, I think we lost him. <laughs> oh, here he is. Oh, you sorry. said that you found out about them through my podcast? So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Andrew did. And he showed it to me. Dude, that was a um, crazy and interview. Then, and then the last, um, Fawn Limbs, their most recent record, uh, yeah. Andrew also pushed on me to re-listen to, because I think I had it on the background. I was like, oh yeah, it's good. But then when I listened to it, I was like, whoa, this is... This is some of the best heavy music I, I've heard in a long time. They are disgusting. Yeah. Love that album. Yeah. And Pond Lens album is dope. I, I, I want to throw out one other thing, and this is kind of cheesy, but I'm, I'm totally for it, and that is the the Dealer album. They fucking are sick as fuck. Very much in the knocked loose sense of, of hardcore, but goddamn that album rules i have not heard of them before <clears throat> gonna have to check them no, out yeah they're great and fucking talk is cheap but you know suicide is free so, <laughs> i like that i like that uh what about your y'all's albums of the year for last year oh fuck juan you go I'm first sure. yeah bro yeah come on man um, so my album of the year last year was uh that imperium triumphant alphaville album uh that's a good one um, but to answer the question before that the last album i listened to was uh barty strange live forever i don't know if you check that out it's an awesome <laughs> album no i never heard of that before what was it again barty strange barty strange yeah okay My, mine of last year is the mammal hands album it's called uh, captured spirits I'm actually writing all this down. I, I'm uh, trying to get into more into jazz. So, uh, Mammal Hands sounds like it might be something up my uh, 
My uh, yeah. I think mine's a tie between it's the same band, the band Wake, uh, either Devouring Ruin, their full length, or their EP right after that, Confluence. Those have been in heavy, heavy rotation for me. Dude, that's a sick band. That is a sick one. Yeah, fucking love them. I think for me, uh, probably Orca by Gus Dapperton. Never heard of him. <laughs> Just like a, like a real catchy pop uh, singer-songwriter type of uh, guy. Okay, listen to pop music. I got you. A little bit of metalcore, a little bit of pop. I got you. Yeah. All righty. How about you, Brandon? What was your album of the year for last year? Fuck. Uh, I mean, the one that got the most plays is going to be Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers. I, it's it's fucking popular and whatever, but I don't give a shit. It was a good album. <laughs> the last song on that album is fucking gold. Well, uh, so that's about all I got. Y- y'all have a video coming out in a couple of days. Is that right? Sometime soon, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say just keep an eye out on all you know, all our social channels on Tuesday. We might have something cool to share. All righty, sounds good. Uh, y'all have anything else you wanted to bring up? Stay tuned for the coffee shirts. We will post them. <laughs> you better ship them with some creamer and stuff, man. Like, just get some packets of creamer, throw it in the box, you know. <laughs> So uh, if you're looking to get completely steamrolled and you, you need to check out Songs for the Enamel Queen, which drops on the 26th through Silent Pendulum Records, uh, you guys are on Spotify, all the streaming websites, Bandcamp, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Any other uh, plugs I'm missing? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Right. Let me know what you think of the last song when the album comes out. That's my favorite. All right. Okay. Uh, as for me, drop my channel a follow so you always know when I go live. You can also sub the access to the interviews before they hit YouTube. You also get access to these exclusive emotes. Uh, if, uh, yeah, YouTube folks, if you're, uh, if you enjoyed the video, please drop a like, tickle the notification bell, don't forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music, The Sound That Ends Creation, at thesoundthatendscreation.bandcamp.com. Uh, my next guest is Evil Prevails, kind of kind of new, techie, mathy, progressive band from Canada. Uh, join us this Sunday, the 14th at 7 p.m., right here at twitch.tv slash thecasaendscreation. Thanks for being here, guys. Hope you all had some fun. We did, yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. Oh, yeah. Appreciate oh, yeah. it. Dude, and thank you guys for watching and listening.